Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. everyone and welcome to midday super talk mississippi i'm your host gerard gibbard on the road today in new albany mississippi for the tallahatchie river festival rhino safe and sound back at super talk headquarters we'll be guiding you through the middle of the day with facts fodder and fine music on this hump day Beautiful drive up here this morning, uh, Rhino. It's a little coolish uh, temperature-wise up here, a little breeze going, and I heard Houston tell Gary to go get the fans out just in case, but I don't think we're going to need them up here in North Mississippi around the Tallahatchie parts today. It feels pretty good out there. Yeah, you don't really think about it being that far north, but when you get out of central Mississippi, or especially when you get away from south Mississippi along the coast, and you get into the northern third of the Magnolia State, the temps are like 10 degrees cooler. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, And it's also greener. They have... uh had the uh, the benefit of some rain, a little bit more precipitation in this part of the state than we have in central Mississippi, where it's just dry as a bone. And we need some rain, need some more. But uh, once again, just taking in the beautiful landscape of the state of Mississippi, on my route especially between Oxford and New Albany on uh, Highway 7 there, just beautiful. We are uh, downtown. Uh, New Albany. What a cool downtown it is. And have a great slate of guests line up for you today. Billy Jean Stroud, Director of Community Development. And uh, New Albany Main Street is going to talk about the River Fest, the trail, the downtown destinations, etc. Coming up at 1020 at Tim, uh, pardon me, at 1035, Tim Kent, the mayor of New Albany, Mississippi, will discuss all things about the city their uh their challenges and also some of the great things going on in the city cj bright a union county supervisor joins middays at ten fifty. we kick off hour two of middays with lance evans a superintendent of city schools at 1105 steve massengale a member of the mississippi house of representatives represents benton lafayette marshall and union counties where we are Serves as the vice chairman of the House Transportation Committee. Comes on at 1120 to talk about roads in Mississippi Department of Transportation up here in North Mississippi. Heather Reed, chief nurse, nursing officer at Baptist Hospital in Union County. 
will give us an update on how the hospital is doing. Bill Maddox, director of New Albany Light, Gas, and Water, and Sean McGrath, CEO of ACE, will uh, talk about their recent broadband deal up here in Union County at 12.05. Keith Conley, alderman at large, joins us at 12.20. So a full slate lined up for you today. And looking forward to all those interviews. It's going to be a packed three hours for sure. More fallout uh, up there in Washington from the uh, the new dress code that really just feels like was instituted to accommodate Senator John Fetterman. Isn't he something from the great state of Pennsylvania? You good folks of Pennsylvania ought to be totally ashamed of yourself in in my view um a great article today penned by opinion author liz peak fetterman dress code fail begs big question about america's steep decline now we had a question yesterday on the ceasefire text line about how our senators voted for this change in the dress code. We should didn't get to that yesterday, but we should clarify that this is not uh, a vote that is, is held by the Senate body itself. These are rules that are set by the Senate majority leader just as they are set by the Speaker of the House in the House of Representatives. So this is all on Chuck Schumer, the uh, Democrat who leads, serves as the majority leader in the Senate, And still, you just got to believe this was all in an effort to accommodate this single senator. More of an example of the tyranny of the minority. The senator from Pennsylvania, Fetterman, of course, is known for his trademark uh, oversized shorts, oversized hoodie, and his uh, tennis shoes. And that's the way he wants to uh, come into the Senate in the U.S. Capitol. I think, for, uh, personally, it's despicable. I think it's disrespectful and disgraceful. I, I think it sends a message of weakness and informality to the to the nation and to the, the world at large. It, it, you should come to work at the Senate there dressed like you're ready to conduct serious business because that's what you're supposed to be doing there. Most senators have said that they will not change their attire. They will continue to dress appropriately and in in business and professional manner. Senate Minority Leader, that being being Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, said that you need to get up and get dressed to go to work. So he is blasting this policy as well, just implemented by Senator Chuck Schumer. So let's let's keep in mind John Fetterman is uh, really the poster child for mediocrity. He lived off his parents until the age of 49. He's had one job of any substance, that being the mayor of a very small town that actually shrank while he was the mayor. This is just foolish. This is ridiculous in my view. And it's... Um, it, it's something that uh, I certainly hope we can change once we get a Republican majority. That's what's important. Let's get a Republican majority in the Senate, flip leadership, and let's let the Senate majority leader, who would be a Republican in that case, change these stupid rules. And I'd like nothing more than to force Fetterman 
to uh, dress more appropriately and formally to uh, do his business and his work there in the Senate. Of course, he looks ridiculous when he wears a suit as well because it's pretty clear he just pulled it off the rack and did nothing to get it just slightly fit for his body. And, And you say that, I say that because the first thing you notice is that the sleeves are somewhere around his fingertips when he hangs his arms at his side. He looks, honestly, looks totally ridiculous. Uh, Meanwhile, Kamala Harris, she says that client anxiety is a real thing and that young Americans are refusing to... Client or climate? Oh, pardon me, pardon me, Rhino. Climate. Climate anxiety. Thank you for correcting me there. Climate anxiety, which is insane unto itself, though it appears to be a thing, at least with young lefties in our country. They're concerned about um, climate change, and therefore they're not going to reproduce, and many are just just hesitant to purchase a home. And, and so what are, what are they going to do? I mean, I know most of them don't want to work. They just want to sit at home and, and smoke dope and play video games. This is a problem. And live off mom and dad uh, as long as they can, which may be like a fetterman until they're 49, which is insane. It's ridiculous. So I don't know if, if I buy into this narrative that Kamala is promoting this climate anxiety, which is insane unto itself. But that's what she's saying. It's Everything's always got to be about climate and race and climate and race and climate and race and gender, right? Those are like the three pillars of the, uh, the Democrat agenda, the Democrat mantra, uh, the Democrat ideology. It's climate, it's race, it's gender. Nothing else matters. And, and that is evidenced by the fact that the price of oil now, 92, 93 bucks, I believe, uh, $91 for West West Texas Intermediate, uh, not 93 for North Sea Crude. Bottom line is price of gas still hasn't reacted to that at the retail level, but it's coming. You know it is. And, and just for, for clarification, uh, you've got uh, a president who is bound and determined to put the fossil fuels energy uh, industry out of business. And, but this is also a person that says he cares so deeply about the uh, the financial welfare, especially of the hard-working middle class. Well, oil now sitting at this $91, $93 a barrel range was 55 when Joe Biden took office, $55 a barrel. The price of gas, $2.41 on average when President Biden was inaugurated. It's now $3.87. It's 5 bucks in California. I believe it's likely to, to nudge $4 a gallon here in the state of Mississippi for regular before the end of the year. This is all of Joe Biden's doing. Meanwhile, of course, he's depleting our reserves in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. God help us, should we actually experience a catastrophe and need to have some reserve oil? Because Joe Biden has released about a third of it maybe even more than that, and he's really made no effort to replenish it. Now, if he does it, of course, it's going to cost a fortune because the price is considerably higher. We're stepping aside for a break. The Element Well Studios in New Albany today. Coming up next, Billy Jean Stroud, Director of Community Development and the New Albany Main Street. Gerard Gibbert. 
He keeps his classified documents right where they belong. Inside a Journey record jacket from the 1980s. Gerard Gibbert, Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It is middays, and we are live from New Albany, Mississippi, for the Tallahatchie River Festival coming up. Joining us now is Billy Jean Stroud, Director of Community Development and the New Albany Main Street. Billy Jean, thanks for having us up here today. Good well, to see you. Welcome to New Albany. It's a beautiful day. Wow. We got the Chamber of Commerce weather today, didn't we? Absolutely. <laughs> it's awesome. And great venue. I've already had a couple of people that uh, are watching us, so of course, uh, on our live video feed, and uh, noticed, and, and we're very complimentary of the landscape behind us. I was talking about the landscape en route from central Mississippi today, how beautiful it is, especially down Highway 7 there, and uh, so they're, they're noting our trail here. Yes. So, all right, tell us about uh, the Tallahatchie River Festival coming up. Well, this is uh, a big weekend for New Albany, but it's the, uh, the kickoff of the celebration of William Faulkner's birthday, and... Um, um, Saturday is our really our big event day. Um, we start off with the BNA 5K run at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then our vendors line up down straight down Bankhead Street all day. And then this year we're doing something a little bit different. We're actually putting the stage on Bankhead Street. Okay. So um, everything's going to be right here in this one concentrated area. So we've got Little Texas that's going to be the headliner. We've got Tyler Tritt who is going to open up for him. And then we've got some locals, um, Silas Caldwell and our very own Justin Kirk, who's our um, singer-songwriter that grew up in Union County. And So it's a full day. Lots of history. Lots of here his, yes. in uh, Union County in New Albany, of course, uh, Bankhead Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that are not familiar with New Albany and maybe haven't been here, that's the main street Absolutely. here. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, we got the City Hall right across the street, diagonally from us. And, and there's the New Albany police driving uh, down. So. Uh, it's, it's kind of amazing to sit on this trailhead plaza and just watch the amount of traffic in this little town. I mean, it's people are amazed really cool at the activity so one of the things that that uh certainly struck me in doing uh remotes hosting remotes up here for the tallahatchie river river festival and talking to you and others in new albany is that there there there's this just collaboration among uh, all the elements of society here in new albany government Business, residents, healthcare, etc., um, schools, education, really just seem to have this this strong passion for uh, just a quality of life here. I think you just nailed it. I mean, it's the special sauce that makes New Albany what it is. It's the energy. We're always moving, but we all get along. We all have each other's back, whether it's, you know, our A-rated schools, our A-rated Baptist hospital system, our um, police and fire department participate in everything that that we do here. And um, like you said, the the supervisors and our aldermen get along. I mean, from what I've been told in other parts of the community, that's kind of unheard of. That's right. um, No, we're one big one big happy community and we're seeing some people move in from other parts of the country to new albany and they'll stop by my office and 
Say, please don't advertise this place. <laughs> I remember we, talking about that uh, last year. We, yeah. we had a, one of the real estate developers yes. was talking about developing, like, residences perhaps above some of the businesses right. on the, like the second floor. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. We're, really we're, cool. We're getting people all over moving into New Albany. We have just been designated as one of the 14 um, retirement communities by the state of Mississippi. So we're seeing that 55-year-old and older relocate right. here which right. is good yeah um but we've got all the amenities i mean we've got a phenomenal museum we've got a ph- phenomenal sportsplex yeah it's we've got it all all right so talking about the river fest when, when does that get kicked off what's the schedule and what is the agenda look well like? we, we we kick off well I, as i told uh Earlier this morning, y'all, you guys really kind of have kicked us off yeah. today. But yeah. um, Thursday, we have a, a fundraiser at the museum for the Faulkner Garden. Okay. Friday, we have a literary competition um, that takes place at First Methodist Church. And then Saturday, we have the, the run and the vendors and the music and uh, all day Saturday. And the kids zone is going to be at the Oak Farmer's Market. It's $10 wristband play all day. So it all starts. How long have we been doing this? Twenty-seven years. That's incredible. Twenty-seven years. That is really so. The the uh, the fact that it has sustained and is still thriving twenty-seven years later yeah. must mean it's been a big success. It has been. It, a, has. it has been a big success, and we've got plans to make it even bigger. And I've got new people on board that have big big visions. So just stand by. Explain uh, to our audience uh, what the Tanglefoot Trail is. We're right underneath the arch here with the sign that marks the Tanglefoot Trail. The Tanglefoot Trail is a rails-to-trails conversion. We have been designated a Hall of Fame trail, which is a a high honor. It's 44 miles of paved walking and bike paths from Houston, Mississippi to New Albany, Mississippi, and people come from all over the United States, and we've seen Japan and England and Australia on it, so, um, you know, we had some naysayers right. that said it wouldn't wouldn't do well. But it has. It's revitalized six communities. It's incredible. It's uh, It's been a huge economic um, uh, in-thrust in this community, and yep. We love it. It's 10 years. 10 years this October. That's how old it is. Something you don't see a lot uh, in towns in the state of Mississippi, and, and we're facing it, is the railroad tracks that are yes. right in the center of the street that we happen to be set up on underneath the Tangle, uh, it, Tanglefoot Trail. When I first got married, trains used to use this was still an active railroad. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, this is a railroad town. so It's incredible. Yes. And uh, talk about the museum. The museum is one of a kind. I mean, Jill Smith does a phenomenal job. She is about to open up a um, Union County sports exhibit that talks about all the the great athletes that's come from this community. Um, and uh, she houses the only Faulkner Garden in the world, and that is have, has been a. Uh, a, a phenomenal uh, asset as well. It houses all the plants and the landscaping that Faulkner talked about in his novels. The birthplace, of course. It's a, and the Faulkner. birthplace is there. They have just opened up a um, Airbnb on his birth site. Really, that's and, cool. And um, you know, Faulkner brings a lot of lot of travelers through yeah. this area, the whole North Mississippi. So uh, by by that, uh, Billy Jean travelers uh, that are attracted to Faulkner, or would these be like just? Literature enthusiasts, authors, uh, sort of all the above. All of the above. You yeah. know, they're just they're fascinated with Faulkner for yeah. some reason. And sure. of course, you know, we, we're in God's country, right here in this northeast corner. You've got Oxford, Tupelo, yeah. Ripley, 
Memphis. Yep. It just it's it located right on I twenty two. A lot of people will get off I twenty two just for curiosity yeah. and come through New Albany, and sure. they are just blown away. It's incredible, and, it, and it's kind of a unique landscape and a unique uh, lifestyle as yes. well yes. Uh, relative to the rest of the state of Mississippi. But that's just, uh, I think, uh, a testament to the diverse culture of our state, which Absolutely. is one of the things that makes our state so great. Absolutely. I mean, Mississippi gets a bad rap, but I think when, when outsiders come and see New Albany and see some of the other great communities that we have, I mean, they are immediately... You know, yeah. in love. It's unique. It is. It's unique because, for the most part, the state of Mississippi consists of a lot of towns about the size of New Albany, each with its own sort of unique personality and yes. character. And I think that's why the Mississippi Main Street program, Main Street America, is so yeah. important for rural Mississippi communities. Yeah. Because it, it really is the catalyst that keeps us alive. Yeah. Earlier today on uh, the Gallo Show, Representative Sam Creekmore mm-hmm. came on. Of course, he represents this area. And mm-hmm. you, you were uh, made the statement that uh, New Albany, Union County in general, is blessed with really good uh, representation mm-hmm. in uh, the state capital. Absolutely. Sam has been a proponent for not only Union County, but really the state of Mississippi. He's He has taken on some, some big topics such yeah. as mental health and, yeah. and um, education and um he, he makes us very proud. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, of course, uh, the mayor, Tim Kent, is coming up next, mm-hmm. and he'll share with us all the great stuff that's happening in New Albany. But yes. from your perspective, are, are you seeing economic growth? Absolutely. I mean, you've got Toyota. You've got other industries coming in here. We're still a manufacturing um, uh Mecca of the yep. world and yep. our historic downtown. We have no empty stores, so this has become a shopping destination. We have people from Birmingham, Memphis, Nashville that will actually come to New Albany to shop. And you know, you, you made the point earlier that you've got such great amenities here, but you've got low crime, mm-hmm. you've got great schools, great great health care, mm-hmm. uh, lots of great retail shops, restaurants, etc. I mean, that, that's the kind of lifestyle most Americans see. Well, and you're going to see later this afternoon, you're going to be talking to Joel Bennett, who's, who is renovating this Henderson building um, that we're we're next to, and it's he's got four businesses going to operate out of there from a spa to a restaurant to a boutique hotel to a speakeasy. Incredible. Um, yeah. So they unreal. see opportunity. It, yeah, people, people are investing in new albany yeah that's awesome and that's that's what's required to continue to grow to continue to attract Mm -hmm. population build up the tax base and that makes the schools and the public works and the recreation but i mean all that works together all of it is and tim's the longest running mayor in our our history and and he lets us do our jobs and we've got good aldermen and so that's it awesome. helps. It helps. Well, good luck. Uh, I know it's going to be a great uh, festival, the Tallahatchie River Festival, coming up. And appreciate you coming on talking Perfect. about it. Perfect. Thank you so Thank much. You. We're stepping aside for a break right here. The Element Well Studio at the Tallahatchie River Festival in New Albany, Mississippi. When we return, it's Tim Kent, the mayor of New Albany. Stay with us. matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert, Middays with Gerard, Super Talk Mississippi.
We are back in the Element Well Studios. Are you thinking about or planning for retirement? Do you have a plan? Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. Joining us now in downtown New Albany, Mississippi on the Tallahatchie, for the Tallahatchie River Festival on the Tanglefoot Trail is the mayor of the city of New Albany, Mayor Tim Kent. Mayor, good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Gerard, and we're glad to have you all here. Well, I tell you what, we were just talking to Billy Jean about the fantastic weather. This is such a great time of year in Mississippi to conduct these sorts of events. I know you're expecting a big crowd, and there's so much to do and see here. you got to be really proud, Mayor, uh, oh, of, we of are, your city. Uh, you know, we are proud of the city and the people that work here. Bill Jean and her crew do a fantastic job uh, every year, but not only on the River Fest, but on other events here as well. Yeah. So, um, and and you're going to take over this downtown area, right? When the well, when the festival gets cranked up, we're going to try it this year. <laughs> uh, maybe it'll work. <laughs> Uh, we were talking with Billy Jean about uh, the great representation Union County, New Albany has in the state legislature, uh, always looking out for the best interests of New Albany and uh, in the state in general and the county. What's uh, what's on the radar for you, Mayor, that you'd like to see the legislature address in the in the coming session, in the coming term? Well, uh, it looks like uh, they have a lot of interest in trying to develop downtowns Mm -hmm. smaller downtowns and uh that's one thing i think i hope they'll continue to look at uh you know grants for these towns that can't afford to levy a tax meal or a huge tax meal yeah and uh that's one thing i'd like to see them continue uh i don't know it looks like probably what we're seeing now i'm sure they're going to have to continue school issues for the public school system. Yeah, of course, you got uh, virtually half the general fund budget, of course, is is uh, <clears throat> devoted to education, so that's right. always something they got to take up. Passed a big teacher pay raise last year. Uh, hearing, hearing lots of state employees that are requesting one as well. The teachers got theirs, and the legislature will have, have to take that up. Of course, the legislature, or the state, I should say, produced a tidy surplus the last uh, three years and mm-hmm. did again this past fiscal year. And uh, maybe not looking for the same level of surplus, but still, overall, the state's pretty good in fiscal condition and uh, looking to make some investments to grow the state. Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, looks like the state's in great financial shape right now. Uh, and, you know, they're always going to have those kind of things to right. employees think they ought to make more money than they should. And I'm sure the state will. Well, find a way if they can, right, to help them. So, one of the things that we've talked to municipal leaders about, Mayor, is the uh, the PERS program, which is the Public Employees Retirement System, the defined benefit plan that public sector employees in the state of Mississippi participate in. You're aware that that the board, that the trustees of the of the PERS system, recently uh, adopted policy. That's going to increase the employer contribution rate by by five percentage points. It's, right. It was originally supposed to go into effect the full five in October. They got some backlash on that. They delayed it to next July. 
But uh, now it looks like they're going to phase that in, 2%, 2%, 1% over three years. But but, but this is a cost that, that, that cities, municipalities, and, and uh, non-state agencies will have to bear out of their funds. Is this something you guys have been talking about? Oh, Let's yeah. We, we, we've discussed a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, 5% is a pretty good financial burden on the city. Yeah. I, I suddenly like that. So we call legislatures and senators and... Um, you know, got some help through them, and then our MMO conf- uh, organization has really tried to help. But uh, they did uh, promise me they were going to meet again in January and try to relook at other ways to kind of help the city. Who's that now? The the Purge uh, Board? No, or no, no. The, the uh, MMO? No, the, uh, oh, the legislature. Legislature. My yeah. bad. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, well. So maybe I know I know uh, uh, Mayor Barker, Toby Barker of Hattiesburg, who's president of the MML. Last time I interviewed him, he he essentially said, "Yeah, if the state would uh, want to help us out financially, offset this additional cost at the municipal level, we'd certainly accept it." Kind yeah. of way he didn't he didn't come out and say we're lobbying for it, but he <laughs> said we'd accept it. So, but it sounds like that, that's going to be something that the legislature is going to have to address and take up. Yeah, yeah, and I think. Uh, our representative told me they were going to meet January and just say, I mean, he, they got some suggestions, and I don't know if any of them will come to fruition. But, yeah. Uh, like a sales tax diversion. Probably some of that goes to Right. And, uh, you know, just the economic times, especially with stock market, which that's how the yeah. PERS makes a lot of their money. It's, it's been tough on them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, your city, the city of New Albany. Uh, how are things going overall? I know you've got uh, very low crime. Uh, Absolutely, we we're very fortunate there. Uh, we've always had low crime, and uh, you know our law enforcement makes sure we continue to to have that. They're very active, and uh, so we're very, you know most of the time when a major crime is committed here, it's somebody that comes from around the Memphis area. Really? Is that it? Yeah. Huh. So I guess they see this town think it's sleepy and yeah think they might can hit something but it most of them get caught uh, so we've been fortunate you've got a great economic base uh, around the city and union county in general are there any new projects that uh are, are under consideration that you can talk about uh yeah well one i can't because honestly i had to sign a confidentiality sure statement, so, i understand but we have a lot of uh you know like New shops and new stores opening, and uh, and I, and I, in the end, you know, those giant projects are something that give people work, but a place to work and earn yeah. income. Yeah. But in the end, these small stores, like you see downtown here, uh, that's how they make their living too, and that's where the the city, especially benefits because when they come in and buy something they pay taxes you know? yeah so, sure and that's your primary source of revenue is, of course, sales tax revenue you know i've been told by state tax department that we have a, a tax base much larger than the size of our city right so we've been very fortunate there and uh it's it's really been pretty good because our meal millage rate in new Albany is only 11 meals right so that's, that's about as low as they are in the state mm-hmm. so and we don't. We try to find ways not to raise that. Sure. Know. 
Yeah, that's not very popular. No, it's not. And that's uh, kind of one of the challenges with the purse uh, increase because that's that's a, a an expense that that uh, cities and counties will have to bear, and and uh, they got to figure out a way to to absorb that either through maybe. Um, a new tax revenues or perhaps the legislature increasing the diversion to, right. to get more revenue uh, to the, the to the cities and uh, but you certainly don't want to raise property taxes uh, no, uh, we to deal with that if there's any way possible yeah and you know we deal with it every year budget uh, sure everybody wants <laughs> a piece of that of course. of course so we have a lot of requests uh, usually it's more money than we have coming in so but it works out pretty good. We have to cut some places here and there, but uh, it's usually overall it's it's usually good. So one thing that uh, a visitor would notice when they travel down the main street here, uh, Bankhead, is that all the buildings are occupied. They're, yes. all, they're all running. They're all operating. Man, we, That's unique. Man, it is unique. Uh, I, I have another mayor stops in here. I won't mention the town, but he's he's he keep kept telling me how fortunate we were and you know we take it for granted sometimes and right finally i asked him i said what are you talking about and he said have you been to my town lately i said no probably been 10 years or so and he basically said you know we got empty buildings and we got like department of education and some of them just to make them look full yeah so you know we <laughs> we uh we're very fortunate and we do take it for granted sometimes but yeah we if one comes empty, it doesn't stay empty very long. Well, that's good. And, uh, of course, you got a lot of folks coming in. Billy Jean says that a lot of times these visitors come in, fall in love with the town, which is no surprise, and they, they decide to just pick up move here and make yeah, it their residence. that's uh, the first one I heard come into City Hall and told me that. I, you know, I was amazed by that. I, I said, well, why did you move here? Because they lived in a much larger town. Yeah. They said, well, we came to the river fest and just loved the town. That's so awesome. They moved here, and we've had several since. That is awesome. Uh, it is awesome. Twenty-seven years, right? Uh, the River Fest has been going. Right. On. That's that is just a huge um, mark, no doubt about it. Huge milestone. You should be proud of that, Mayor. Appreciate you coming on, well, and uh, congratulations on all the great success yeah, here in the city of New Albany. Thank you for coming. Yes, sir. Thank you. We're stepping aside for a break, folks. It's C.J. Bright, a Union County Supervisor, is joining us next. Stay with us. We're coming right back. The Element Well Studios. In New Albany, Mississippi, for the Tallahatchie River Festival. with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. everyone it's middays we're live today from new albany mississippi on the tanglefoot trail 
in downtown New Albany. We're here because it's time for the Tallahatchie River Festival. And joining us now is C.J. Bright, Union County Supervisor. Supervisor Bright, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you, Gerard. Thank you for coming up here and being in Union County and New Albany. You bet. Great weather up here. Everything is looking good. Getting ready for the big Tallahatchie River Festival. It's just I'm just blown away. The 27th Tallahatchie River Festival. That's right. That's right. It's been going on most of my life, lifetime that I can remember at least, and it's always been a great community event. Huge accomplishment, huge milestone, and, and uh, of course, uh, we could attribute that to a lot of people, as you well know, that do a lot of work year-round behind the scenes to make this thing happen. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. There's It's a year-long process, you know, making this work every year. Yeah. So things are looking pretty good here in Union County and in New Albany. What can you tell us about just the uh, the, the business, the economic, the industrial makeup of oh, Union County? It's, uh, it's very well. I'll tell you, the, the industrial side of Union County is pretty diverse, which is sort of unusual for North Mississippi. Of course, we've got furniture. You know, it's a staple that's been around in North Mississippi for years, but we've also got a refrigeration manufacturing plant here we do a lot of uh, of course we know a toyota plant but we've also got a lot of uh, automotive you know suppliers for them that yeah. pro- provide stuff for them to go along with the um uh, and that's what you a lot of things here we've you, got you get these uh, kind of ancillary companies will spring up around the main manufacturer right. and they service them and that just brings more and jobs they, they have and i tell you we've got the lowest uh, unemployment rate in the state of Mississippi. That's wow, something I, I think we need to be proud of. Absolutely. Less than 3%. I mean, so. That's so. why all these buildings are full of stores. That's right. That's right. People, people are making money and they've got money to spend here. They can spend it here. Uh, and that's awesome. And I, I've also noticed that, you know, for a relatively small town, we've had a continuous flow of traffic. Oh, yes, sir. In, in the yes, sir. Area. And uh, so that I think that says a lot about uh, the robust economy that we have here in New Albany and, of course, in Union County. Um, you've also got great schools here. We do. We've got two of the highest rated school districts in the state of Mississippi, which is uh, it's pretty neat as well, and they work well together. We've got the New Albany School District, which encompasses the city and, and part of the county. Actually, a good portion of the county is, has that as well. Yeah. And then you We've got uh, four smaller schools that are incorporated into the Union County School District, but they're all top performing. I mean, they're in the top five in the state. That is awesome. Uh, we're really blessed. Really and, blessed. And the that county, here. I know, as a supervisor, you're responsible for for overseeing uh, county function, county operations. Uh, outside, for the most part, of the city. But the city and the county really have a great working relationship. We do. I would say we're very blessed that we have that. I mean, it's not a perfect relationship sure. all the time, but we, we understand we're here to serve the people and the community, and we we, uh, we work together best we can to, for the betterment of our, our county and city. The cost of living in, is, uh, is also good. One of the, one of the lowest around, and uh, also we had a... 11 mil tax decrease for the county That's we just incredible. announced last week so That's we've got incredible. one of the lowest mill rates in the state as well so, uh, so you got you know, great going our way great schools great health care low taxes low crime uh plenty to do we it's do, pretty good place we to do. Live. we've got a great hospital system here yeah. for anybody that you know needs that which we all do at yeah, some point sure and uh man we're just really fortunate to have this little niche community here in Union County that maybe a lot of people don't know about. And that 
probably explains why so many people come here. Maybe they're visiting the Tallahatchie River Festival or they make some pilgrimage here because it is the birthplace of William Faulkner. And they decide to settle in here. The mayor was just talking about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm a, I'm a general contractor by trade, so I see a okay. lot of people moving in. They they just come to visit or whatever. They may ride on this trail here. They, you know, Google a place yeah. to go, and they just happen to come by. And there's yeah. been a, a many, many that I've met out in the community that have moved in just by accident nearly. Infrastructure is, is a large part of the responsibility of the supervisors, talking about roads, bridges, uh, water, etc. Uh, it is. How's that going? Uh, pretty county? well, pretty well. We've got nearly, I don't know if there's a residence in Union County that's not on a solid surface road anywhere. Okay. Our bridges Good. are pretty well taken care of. We've got rural water available nearly throughout the entire county there's a few little isolated spots that we're, we're working steadily to get get that there we've got natural gas service to the biggest portion of the county and uh also broadband internet i know that's a big thing yeah. nowadays and the county has worked with the city utility department and uh in a partnership there and we hope to have broadband available throughout the entire county you know, here within the next year or so. We're going to be talking to uh, Bill Maddox with New Albany Light, Gas, and Water about that, and Sean McGrath with uh, ACE as well later on the program talking yeah, about that. Yeah, that's, that's a big big step a big for deal. us here. sure is. CJ, appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, well, I appreciate everything you've done here. Congratulations on uh, all the great success here in Union County. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. We're stepping aside for a break, folks. It is time for Fox News and Super Talk News because it's top of the hour. When we return, it's Lance Evans, a superintendent of city schools here in New New Albany. We're, we're going to talk about workforce development and the school rating, which is top notch. We'll be right back. You're listening. And now, and now, another hour of the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your transition now. Now on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Hour two of Middays live in the Element Well studio located in the heart of New Albany, Mississippi. We're here for the Tallahatchie River Festival on this hump day. Yes, we've made it through half the week. Appreciate that, Rhino. Uh, joining us now, Lance Evans, the superintendent of City Schools in New Albany. So, Lance, welcome to the program. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for asking me. I, I appreciate you being here and giving us the opportunity to showcase some of the things we do here in the New Albany School District and uh, the city, and being here in the city of New Albany. We got a great place here. Well, you know, when you think about folks looking to to uh, to take up a residence and make a place their home, uh, especially if they're uh, their families, and they've got uh, school-aged children in the household. The quality of the schools, Lance, that's that's top of the list for making that decision. Yes, sir, it is. Uh, we're very lucky. We have a outstanding city, outstanding community, great teachers. You know, they're the ones that make it all happen. You know, it. it uh, I always say it doesn't matter what you know. It matters what you can convince somebody to do. And we, uh, we're very lucky to have the teachers and the students that we have and have the support we have from our city and, and parents and uh and not just the New Albany City School District, but also the Union County School District. You, yeah. know, you have you have two very highly rated academic school districts here in in North Mississippi. So, h- 
how, what do you attribute that to, Lance? We have we have such a, a, a wide variance in the quality of schools in our state. It's no secret. We have lots of D and F uh, districts as well, as well. But then we have several outstanding A-rated districts. What, what do you see as the difference? Oh, I think it's just kind of based on the different communities. And uh, we, you know, we all have different struggles across the state, uh, d- just depending on where it is and um, it's, that's a that's a tough one to answer, you know. Uh, I would say that we just here we do the best we can do and uh, and push our kids and our people do a great job and we're just lucky to have the have the situation that we have. Um, you know, here um, test scores are one thing, but I'll tell you, we're here in the New Albany School District. We're all about educating the total human and creating productive members of society and it's yeah. not just a, a test you know we we have a real big focus on workforce development here in new albany school district yeah and that's uh really i think a tribute to the community and and of course the the families that live here when when they are engaged as you know as an educator professional educator when they're engaged when they care when uh when, when it makes your job easier let's put it that yes, way sir. It, it sure does and uh that support of the parents and support of the community we uh we couldn't ask for more community support here there i do think that is i like to think that's one place where we are different i yeah. mean we they, you never ask that you don't get and um, we have an outstanding board that pushes and uh, understands what their role is uh here in the new albany school district and i'm just lucky to have the opportunity to to serve yeah what about your facilities, Lance? How are you doing there? Yes, sir. We're uh, so we are. We have about twenty two hundred students in our school district, and pre K through twelve. We have a um, obviously we're on different parts of the city. Our yeah. schools and uh, have a career and technical center. We have about six hundred kids a day. They go through. That's uh, we serve also the students from the county school district in our career and technical center, and um, we're currently um, about six years ago we made a transition to. Uh, or an inclusion, if you will, not a transition, to start work, focusing on the workforce development and the career-ready yeah. piece. You know, you hear college and career readiness, and people use them synonymously, but they're actually two separate things that, that complement one another. Right. We um, we have a great career and technical center, but we're we're in the process of building a, an advanced innovation center that uh, think of it as a career and technical center kind of on steroids, if you will. Uh, much, you know, a lot of... Um, much more involvement from, from industry. We've really, in the past um, nine months to a year, uh, expanded a partnership with Toyota. Um, uh, state legislature has done a great job for us. Our representatives here, uh, Mr. Sam Creekmore is our member of our House of Representatives. He and several other people, uh, Mr. Massengill, who I see over here next to me, and uh, and. Um, um, Mr. Donnie Bell, and I hate to start naming names because there's so sure. many, uh, yeah. Mr. Steverson. Yep. There are so many of them have helped us um, over the years, and actually they helped us get a $2 million appropriation for the beginning of our work. And then we've um, also had another um, big influx from ARC and um, with a grant we got there. So we're uh, all the site work is currently underway out there right now, and the next phase is the inside of the building. Right. 
Well, uh, it's it's really uh, a remarkable what you have here in Union County and in the city of New Albany in this pocket of the state with such highly rated schools, which I, I know is an attraction to people that uh, not, not only an attraction to new people, but it's a way to retain people because a lot of people look at moving out of a community if they don't feel like the schools are of, of high quality. They, they do, and uh, that's very sad when that happens. Yeah. You see that decline in population, and uh, they're... Um, here we're very lucky because yeah. we we do maintain that that population and we continue to grow, and it has uh, it's it's paid dividends. You know that I call it that value added piece. You sure. know the from a workforce standpoint, the we formed a consortium with our county and we now have eight career coaches that we have here. Uh, we hired uh, a director of workforce development, and that's kind of unheard of in a in a school district, right? Uh, because it's not. The workforce from the teacher standpoint is the workforce from putting our students in in jobs. And uh, we have a really large um, internship program we call Impacto uh, that has notoriety all across the state. We've had, I was talking to somebody the other day, we've had somewhere in the neighborhood of 35, 38 different districts from other states come and visit and look at our system we have in in our school district. And it's all that, it's that, and I said just a minute ago, that value added piece where we're, you're educating that student from an academic standpoint, but you're making sure that student that he or she is ready to leave school and go directly into the workforce yeah. if that's what they choose. You know, it's a, you know, we, we we have to meet them, and it's our job to give them what they need to be successful. I mean, the goal—that's right. The goal of education is is to produce uh, adults who can uh, obtain gainful employment. I mean, that, that's that's that's, that's, a, that's a big that's a big part of it. That's, <laughs> if, if they're not doing that, we're not doing our job. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's like it's like that engine. You know, it keeps the world spinning. You know, you got to have those got to have those people in there doing the job. Yes, sir. I do some work in uh, in economic development, sir, on on the board of the economic uh, economic development authority in my own county of Madison. And then the thing we hear is, I'm sure you're aware, uh, Lance, is from prospective uh, businesses looking at moving into the county is they, they focus on the workforce more than anything else they focus on that workforce probably next is is land and transportation and maybe power but top of the list is always can we get the people we need to uh, to staff up our operation and you'd be amazed at how many times when uh, businesses are being recruited in uh create foundation three rivers specifically from that standpoint we uh we meet with their they're people that are recruiting and yeah. show them what we do and it is uh it is i will tell you the uh the school district is the the uh the center of that engine no doubt you know that brings those people in because um people will people have options they're mobile right yeah. so school yeah. has become somewhat of a i hate to say a business i mean it uh people have options and they can put them in a private school or a home school or different school districts right so uh it's um you have to uh you have to approach it from that standpoint yeah. because there are other options. Well, and, and you're right. So you will have lots of times businesses thinking about, well, if I'm going to move families in here, I yes, want to make sure I move them into a community that has really top flight schools. Yes, sir. That is extremely important because if you want to retain those people in your business, you spend the money to train Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah, you gotta, uh, you gotta, you know, you got to do the things you got to do because if you're going to put those millions upon millions of dollars if you're going to invest it in that area in that business you want to make sure the sustainability is there so that becomes a competitive factor 
uh, with other areas across the country that a business that's coming from out of state may be looking at as they're looking at specifically yes, the quality of the schools um, in that community. So, uh, Lance, it's no secret that there's there's been lots of um, just cultural upheaval shall we say, uh, in the public schools and schools in general and education environment in general across the country. Uh, are you seeing any of that kind of stuff in your district? You know, we're, we're lucky. Uh, here we're um, pretty much the same values are shared among people. Yeah. Uh, the same ideals are there. It's uh, we, um, we approach it. We're a very open school yeah. district. Yeah. You know, there is a, we're, we're there. Like I said, we're there to create active, productive members of society and yeah. create, uh, I call it, creating pathways to success with no dead ends for our kids and yeah. that's got to be the focus absolutely and not not all the other minutiae that's happening out in the world today so, it just seems like it is consuming uh, you, you know it's not a day goes by it seems i don't see a video of a, of a school district uh, school board meeting somewhere in the country where parents are coming to express some sort of concern or grievance with school boards that have implemented uh, and adopted some sort of policies that are, are imposing and not very favorable with the public and our board is very well grounded. Good. We're very lucky to have our school board that we have here. Our member, the five members we have in the New Albany School District, they're very well grounded. Makes the have. job of you and your administration makes my job a lot, a lot easier. easier that's no sure. doubt about yes, it, sir. Lance, congratulations on all the uh, success of the schools here in New Albany, and appreciate you joining us. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. You bet, Lance Evans, Superintendent of New Albany City Schools. We're coming right back with Steve Massingill. He's a member of the Mississippi House of Representatives and represents District 13. That's where we. We are right here. Stay with us. We shall return. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. That would be the familiar vocals of Brad Delp and Boston pumping us into this segment here on Middays. We're at the Tallahatchie River Festival in New Albany, Mississippi. We welcome to the Element Wealth Studio on the Tanglefoot Trail, Steve Massingill. He is a member of the Mississippi House of Representatives, represents District 13. That includes Benton, Lafayette, Marshall, and Union Counties, where we are. Uh, Vice Chairman of the House Transportation Committee. Representative Massigale, always good to see you, sir. Thanks for coming on. Hey, glad to be here, Gerard. And also, now my district has Pontotoc. Okay. Yeah, okay. So. Had a little change when yes, we did some redistricting. Yes, sir. So, so now I have parts of five counties. Wow. Yeah. I don't know that any other reps have there, touched there, five counties. There are a few. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, appreciate you clarifying that for us. So you serve, of course, as Vice Chair of the House Transportation Committee. We've seen a couple of MDOT uh, trucks coming by. And I saw some work uh, going on on Highway 7 on the way in, but uh, things seem to be going pretty well. Hey, we're uh, we're doing a lot of work on our roads. You know, last year we had a record amount of money that we were able to put into MDOT. Uh, of course, the MDOT budget was about $1.4 billion. 
and then we added like 650 million in special projects and uh, we're excited about all the work that's being done on that yeah uh and it seems like uh executive director brad white's doing a great job over there as well brad is uh he has really turned the uh him dot around i think we have a great working relationship with the legislature and uh, brad's a great guy and he, he's doing great things look forward to working with him in the next four years well from a personal perspective i will say that we finally got that 49 finished there Ooh, yeah. <laughs> how big a deal was that that was uh <laughs> you know I, I don't drive down there a lot but I, I do go down there occasionally and that is a big big game changer to get that done i'm i'm telling you that was uh that was awful while they were doing it, but it is great now. It is, it is awesome now, I agree. It was sort of painful when it was going on, but what a huge task and effort that was. And and just had to be a little patient. We're talking about, for the benefit of our audience, the stretch of 49 that is in Rankin County and uh, in, the, in the Florence and Richland area, which is just a dream now, honestly, compared to what we have. So that was good work, and that's the route we in central Mississippi and, and to a great extent in north Mississippi take as we travel south. South in Mississippi to Hashburg, the coast, and so forth. So yes, sir. Big it deal. is. It is, and it's. Uh, I think it was like eight miles, and yeah. about three hundred million. But it's uh, it's Man, great it's right now. And you know, uh, Steve, I bet we'll see some uh, some investment in new economic projects as a result of just that transportation corridor. I would think for sure down there. Just, uh, I mean, I was down that way not long ago, and just all the opportunities that are there now, it, it should be great. Yeah. Anything uh, specific you can talk to us about that's on your radar for the coming session? Let's start with uh, with the Transportation Committee in general. Is this just sort of a business as usual or any specific uh, request or issues you got to address? Well, I think, uh, yeah, a lot of it be business as usual, but, uh, you know, there's always constituents that come up with ideas for you. I, I have a friend that the other day told me, he said, hey, man, he said, I think it's any way we could get side-by-sides legal to drive on the roads. I was like, well, hmm. I, I don't know. It's hmm. I know some other states have done that, uh, so I'm, I'm going to look into that. You know, and see see what's there. Uh, I don't I don't think they should be on interstates by any means. Uh, but maybe roads that are gravel and non-stripe roads. Maybe that that you know maybe they could do that. You know, some of those vehicles are thirty and forty thousand dollars now. It's like buying a car. So, you know, if we could get it to where we could put a tag on them, have blinkers. You know, okay. they already have headlights and tail lights. Okay. You know, I. I'm gonna look into it, and hopefully we'll we'll have some discussion. I'm gonna meet with uh, Department of Public Safety Commissioner and see what his input on that is, and yeah. maybe the Sheriff Association and see what what their thoughts on it are. You know, just safety wise. Yeah, sure. Well, and and you mentioned that maybe it was something that that uh, just came from a constituent, a citizen. Steve, what about just input uh, from commercial operators, truck trucking companies, and so forth? We have several truck yeah, companies yeah. in our state. We do. Well, I actually work for one. Okay. Uh, Big M Transportation out okay. of Blue Mountain. Okay. You know, I work for them. So yeah, that would. Uh, we'll definitely talk to MTA, yeah. the Truck Association. You know, all that. But you know. Yeah. And and great organization that is, but I just just wondering how much curious how much input they provide well, uh, to the legislative process. They, they do, they do have a good you know anything that deals with trucking. We usually you know run it by them, and you know that sometimes they have ideas that they want to try to get passed, and we'll look at that too. Yeah. Awesome. What? Uh, so we got a new term kicking off yes, in, sir. in January, as, in, uh, as well as, of course, a brand new session. Uh, we're going to have a new Speaker of the House. We are. Very and, 
Um, looks like we'll uh, likely continue with the same uh, leadership in the in the governor's mansion. That's my prediction at this point, and the lieutenant governor as well. But uh, how do you see maybe things changing with a new speaker? Well, you know, it's uh, it, it'll it'll be a little different. Yeah. You know, of course, uh, we we assume and think for sure that Jason White will be the next speaker. Yeah, and you know his philosophy be similar to what the speaker Philip Guns has been. Yeah. you know, in the past, but yeah. he's worked closely with him. So some things will be the same, but there there'll be some different stuff. You know? Might be some committee shuffling, huh? There there should be a little yeah. bit of difference. Well, that's, that. that's the prerogative that of the is, speaker. That is, it's, it's definitely a, a new speaker. Usually means new 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 chairman. So yeah. we'll see how all that goes. Something that uh, we've been talking about on the program uh, quite a bit, Representative Massagill, uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks, is just the push to expand school choice options in the state of Mississippi. We had the Empower Mississippi and Unleash Mississippi event, third annual, last year. you have any particular thoughts about that? You know, stand on that? well, that, that's a good question. It really is. You know, and I do think some of those ideas could work. Uh, I'm not as wide open as some some people may be on some of that, but I'm definitely open to listen and to see what you know what to have to offer this time. Yeah, and see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think uh, that Speaker Gunn was, uh, I would say, was probably in uh, in your camp, and that he was kind of moderately interested in it. Uh, but I think uh, the incoming speaker has got a little stronger interest in it. But um, of course, what I've explained to the audience is, look, it's a blank slate. It's whatever you know the legislature can agree to to make work. There's no like. Um, it's not a zero-sum game. There's there's no like just specific template or model for implementing something like this. It's it's uh, again whatever seems to be popular with the citizens and it can get through the house. Exactly. Well, you know everything's a, you know, a debate and you got to you got to be able to give and yeah. take. So yeah, we'll just see how that plays out. Something else we've been talking to uh, legislators about, as well as municipal leaders, is uh, is this old purse thing that's out there that is just no easy, no easy problem to address. But I got a feeling that's going to get a lot more attention in the coming term. I, I think we're going to take a real hard look and see if we can't sure it up somehow. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a lot of different ways we can look at it, and hopefully, we can you know make it to where it will last throughout the next 50 to 100 years. Yeah. You know, right now it, it sort of worries me that it might not last another 20 years like it stands. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure what all we're going to do, but I know we're going to, you know, look at it and see if we can't figure out the best way to go forward with this. That's certainly what the actuaries are telling us, uh, are telling PERS in their, in their documents and their analysis that you're going to have to make some changes or um, you're going you're gonna to face an inflection point at some sometime in the future. Of course, we have the same problem at the federal level with Social Security and Medicare. Some tough choices and decisions are going to have to be made there. We do. We, we, do. we got uh, sweeping tax reform done in the 22 session. you think there will be a push to expand that even further coming up? What do you think? Well, I think, I, I really think, you know, we've, we've phased that in over a four-year period, and yep. I, I think we're sort of going to be in a little bit more of a holding pattern to see how... The economy's going to go, it's yeah. going to pick up, you know, which, you know, we're lucky in Mississippi. Our, our world is pretty good, 
but uh, I think we're just sort of going to be in a little more of a holding pattern just to see how it goes in the future. See how it affects revenues yeah, yeah, exactly. and how inflation affects. Exactly, because, uh, you know, we still got three years on the phase-in part, and, you know, if we did something, it wouldn't do, it wouldn't start after that. So yeah. I think we will we'll be more in the holding just to see. Okay. Well, uh, I, I know I hear a lot about that, you know, out, out in the public. Of course, the health care uh, environment and uh Industry in the state of Mississippi is is in some tough, uh, straight times right now, and and uh, I don't know exactly what the legislature can do, but probably going to have to coalesce around at least talking about it, coming up with something uh, to address the problem. Yeah, the the healthcare is is a big concern. I mean, you know, as, as I'm getting older too, uh, and my parents are too, it's just always a worry on how how it affects everybody i mean it really does and you know those that are less fortunate that don't have good coverage you know I, we need to we need to help them yeah you know, yeah so that's uh, i think that's something that the legislature is likely to at least start discussing and that and a lot of people want to kind of uh, equate that to medicaid expansion is much bigger than just medicaid expansion there there's just a, needs to be kind of an all-in all of the above sort of approach to how do we fix this this fundamental problem yeah i think uh, we can do it we can do stuff without expanding medicaid yeah you know? exactly well we appreciate you coming on always good to talk to you sir thank you steve thank you very much yep we're coming right back with more here the element well studios in new albany mississippi for the tallahatchie river festival today stay with us coming right back Super Talk Mississippi. everyone midday super talk mississippi live from new albany mississippi today the tallahatchie river festival is getting underway this coming weekend and it's going to be a big old deal for sure we also want to give a shout out to uh the folks who provided our food today and that is jeff at tallahatchie gourmet we uh, thank them for providing food. They have locations. That's for the, those of us on the show, our, our our Super Talk team, and, of course, our guests as well. They have locations in New Albany and Oxford. And that's the first train to come by, uh, Rhino. It seems like last time we were here we had several trains traversing the tracks not far from our position right here on the Tanglefoot Trail. That's pretty cool. Moving through downtown uh, New Albany. So, once again, Jeff at Tallahatchie Gourmet. Thanks a lot for providing us something to eat today. Really appreciate that. And looking forward to digging in, by the way, when uh, we complete the show later on today. So, 
This subject of, of PERS is a thorny one, no doubt, in the state of Mississippi. And uh, I've been doing a fair amount of research on PERS, not quite through with my article yet because I'm still collecting information and waiting uh, for a couple of responses. But so far, you know, digging into this has been, has been enlightening, has been fascinating when you look at the three uh, major metrics that actuaries use and, and benefit consultants, benefit plan consultants use to grade um, define benefit plans, it is um, it's really something uh, to see that Mississippi's plan, PERS, is in red, what's called red signal status, which means it's problem. Uh, red signal status in all three metrics. And that is definitely a cause for concern that everyone should be concerned about that has anything to do with PERS. And the bottom line is that uh, the actuaries say you don't have enough money coming in in the form of contributions. That is one of the uh, one of the metrics that's used to grade the soundness of the program. The funded ratio is also in red signal status, that just means if you look at the, the money in the investment portfolio, the expected contributions coming in from workers in the system now and in the future, and you look at expected benefits to be played, paid for to current retirees uh, to, and also and beneficiaries and to future. When you, when you put those numbers together, it's just the money coming in and the expected money going out. That's also underfunded and then you look at the cash flow as a percentage of assets that's also a major metric one of the three primary metrics used to just to score the overall financial health of a defined benefit program mississippi's program is in red signal status there are only three three statuses as green yellow and red just like a, a traffic light and unfortunately mississippi's is in red so this is something that is going to have to be addressed. And uh, like we've said so many times, you either got to have more money coming in, less money going out, or a combination of the two. Zach in Oxford says the PERS beneficiary options choked them. Not, not really, Zach, and i tell you why. Because when you look at the way the benefits are computed, if you select an option that uh, upon uh, death of the, the primary beneficiary, the, the um the member of the plan, shall we say, upon their death, if benefits continue either in the form of an annuity or a lump sum to designated beneficiary or beneficiaries, uh, the the uh, the calculation of the of uh, those benefits and is basically the same as if you only paid the member. So there's typically a reduction in the member's uh, benefit to accommodate the uh, the ultimate situation where the member may uh, pass away and thus the benefits stop to the member, but there's some 
remaining benefits that continue to their beneficiary, their name beneficiary. That's actually not a problem uh, because that that still is, um, is calculated so that the total benefits is based on the age of the beneficiaries as well. Uh, the, the, those that math is done so that the total benefits paid are equivalent to the benefits that would be paid if just paid to the member. The the bigger problem is that we've got a declining. Uh, over the years, a declining workforce, and that's all by design. And talking about the public sector workforce, you want fewer employees to keep the cost down, but we have more people retiring. So the numbers are going, the, the, the lines are crossing. Got fewer people coming in and paying in, more people retiring, drawing out, and that, that causes a problem. The same thing is happening in Social Security. Uh, you've got uh, this cost of living adjustment, the so called 13th check which is uh, also puts enormous pressure on PERS because of the generosity of that calculation. It is not based on the consumer price index or inflation or the rise in the cost of living to the average person. It's just a flat uh, 3% of benefits in the years uh, prior to the age of 60, and then after the age of 60, it's 3% compounded. And so when you apply... Uh, those formulas and and uh, cut those thirteenth checks. That is really just not funded. Uh, there, there's really it's it's uh, not totally funded. I mean it's partially funded. There's some partial funding in the cost of living adjustment. T- to me, the telltale sign is the fact that we're looking at increasing the employer contribution rate by five percent, five percentage points from seventeen to uh, seventeen point four to twenty two point four. And then we got the 9% coming in from uh, the employee, the employee's contribution, 31.4 cents of every payroll dollar going into the uh, PERS fund to, uh, to fund the current and future benefits. 31.4, that is incredible when you think about it. You layer onto that the, the, the cost of PERS to a public sector employer such as a state agency, municipality, county, school district, etc. Then add on to that their cost of insurance, health insurance, and other uh, employee-related benefits, and then unemployment uh, costs. As well, you've got to pay into uh, federal and state unemployment. There's a, there's a cost of that. I think uh, I'm doing some research on this. I think you're looking at the burden, what's called the burden rate, which is just the cost to an employer of all uh, the expenses associated with the employee over and above and outside of just the base standard payroll. I think you're looking at a burden rate of about 45%. That is incredible. Typically, in the average private sector business, the assumption is uh, when you're just doing uh, math in your head that the burden cost is about 20% because it does come out to be about 20% when you look at the cost of Social Security, Medicare, um, health insurance, other employee benefits, 401k plan, etc. usually comes in at about 20%. You're talking about in the public sector, more than double that. Now, that's understandable because a, a good bit of that comes from the public pension system, which is a defined benefit program, and historically it's that's been kind of the draw to the public sector. Yeah, you may make less than you do in the private sector, but look, we, we're going to give you these very generous uh, retirement benefits. The problem is they're so generous that they're kind of cr- crashing under uh, their own, uh, collapsing under their own weight, and that's the problem we got to deal with. So um, 
Let's see here uh, on the C Spire text line. It seems that there would be a way to keep current employees whole and change the parameters of the program going forward with new employees such as contributions, retirement age. Sure, you could do that, but just remember then that's on the C Spire text line. You're not as competitive. So you're basically saying, hey, look, don't go work in the private sector for much higher pay. Come work in the public sector for lower pay. And by the way, you're going to get benefits that are more equivalent to the private sector, although you're getting less pay. That, that's the problem with that. The, the, the PERS benefit has always always been kind of the carrot and the in the competitive advantage of the public sector said absolutely you can make all kinds of changes you would also probably when you did that you'd have to come up with some one-time uh, significant funding if you change the program say from defined benefit to defined contribution you'd have to still come up with a way to fund all future benefits for those that are in the defined benefit plan or approaching it and uh, that that can get uh, a little hairy as well. Of course, it would cost the taxpayers. Um, so, uh, let's see. I've talked to their reps. The only solution I could come up with is not to change the benefits or raise contributions is to eliminate most of the beneficiary options. That's just simply not true, Zach. I'm, I promise you, man. Um, if you go out and look at uh, the way those those benefits are calculated, um, there's there's calculators that do it. Really, it's really not the the case whatsoever. If you elect to leave your benefits to your to your grandchild, there's some vesting they have to do as well. Um, but again, th- those benefits are. Um, they're calculated so that that option uh, is equivalent to if you pay the retiree for the duration of their life. So if you select the option where you don't uh, designate a survivor beneficiary, then your benefits are going to be considerably higher than if you do. That's all baked into it. That's really not the, not the problem. Um, well, it's time for a break here on Middays. We're coming right back, and when we return, it's Heather Reed, Chief Nursing Officer at Baptist Hospital in Union County. Stay with us. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. It's so awesome! Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on, let's get on with the show! On Super Talk Mississippi. The smooth vocals of Alan Clark with the Hollies. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. We are back in the Element Well studio for the Tallahatchie River Festival. We are in downtown New Albany on the Tanglefoot Trail. And we welcome to the program Heather Reed, Chief Nursing Officer at Baptist Hospital of Union County. So, Heather, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good to be here. Tell us about the uh, Baptist Hospital in Union County. Sure. Um, The Baptist Hospital in Union County is um, located right in downtown New Albany, and we are... um offer a lot of services to the community um, just about any service you could think of we've incorporated a lot of telehealth services over the last couple of years as has a lot of have a lot of other hospitals in our area um, and in Mississippi but um, you know we can take care of our emergency departments known for its um, care of cardiac patients and stroke patients and um, we have orthopedic surgeons pediatrics um, we have a great labor and delivery department 
I'm at our hospital, and um, so we do a lot of great things here. Yeah. I pass it on the way in. You can't help but see it, right? When That's you're right. headed into town here, so it looks like a, a really uh, happening place. And uh, from the outside, at least from the grounds, looks like it's really well kept. That usually is a pretty good indicator of the quality of what's going on on the inside. As Absolutely. Well. Yeah. So, as the chief nursing officer, what's your responsibility there exactly, Heather? Sure. So um, I have responsibility for all of our nurses in the building and nursing support staff. Um, so. You know, approximately 150 nurses or so. Wow. Um, and surgical techs, nursing assistants, patient care assistants, um, unit coordinators, and so on and so forth. Yeah. All right. So tell me about uh, the very high rating the hospital has received from the CMS Centers for uh, Medicare and Medicaid at the federal level. Absolutely. Uh, we just received a five-star rating. Um, not our first time, um, but we're very proud of that. Um five-star rating by CMS, and that's for quality um, of the care that we provide for our patients. Yeah, so do they actually come on site and do some uh, some just analysis and review, or are there some reports you have to complete and provide some data? There are lots of um, reports, local and national reports, that hospitals um, provide uh, regularly, and they they look at those reports. They look at our metrics. A lot of that is abstracted directly from our electronic health record. Okay. Um, so that comes not necessarily from them being on site, but just from our um, metrics. I see. Uh, and you told me before we came on the air, you've got a health fair coming up. Tell us about that. We do. We're excited to offer a community health fair on October 5th. Um, We'll be set up. um, We'll have a big tent in our back parking lot of the hospital and we will offer lots of free services to the community. um, Blood sugar screenings, cholesterol screenings. Um, We have a lot of participation by local clinics in the area that will also be present and we'll be helping with that. So we're going to do some diagnostics, some, some lab work and things like that during the health fair and it's all free and can you do you get the results of that lab work we uh, will. right away or how does um, that work well some of the results we will receive right away some of the results we'll ask for your primary medical physician okay and we'll send those results directly to them or we can refer you if you don't if you do not have a primary care provider we can refer you to one of um, our local providers for that uh, are folks pretty willing to to uh, come and, and do the screenings like that or are folks uh, more hesitant shall we say just a little, maybe afraid of learning what they don't want to find out about i will tell you we always have a great participation that's um, good in all of our community events uh, we just had i think over 500 kids participate in a back-to-school health fair and we did some you know screenings there and gave out a lot of um, different school supplies and things at that event we usually have you know over 100 200 300 Um, people that participate in these events. So a lot of times you could detect something that uh, is not a serious problem, but something you need to take care of to kind of avoid having serious problems down the road. That's what it's all about. Yes, and, you know, sometimes we we detect serious problems. Okay. We find out that someone has really serious um, issues with hypertension. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we actually, or blood sugar, their blood sugar is just dangerously high. And so we there's there are times when we actually have to refer people directly to the emergency department yeah. in those cases. But that's a lot more convenient, I guess. A lot of people just don't take the time to schedule an appointment with their primary care doctor and go through the wellness checks and the annual physicals that they should be doing. This way you can just, hey, it's it's all happening today and show up and we'll take care of all that in a short period of time. That's right. And, you know, 
um, during the pandemic, a lot of people neglected that preventative care, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that in the number of hospitalizations we have now. Yeah. A lot of things are creeping up, creeping up just because we we miss those opportunities for screenings and preventative care. Read something on that yesterday. A nationwide situation. Yes. It's happening across the nation. Exactly what you were talking about. Didn't really address that or take care of that uh, during the pandemic, and uh, and now they're sort of getting back to it, and that's. Um, we're, we're starting to find things we should have known about a couple of years ago, and now it's a little bit more serious, and they got to take care of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, congratulations on uh, all of the outstanding uh, recognition uh, for you. the hospital, uh, Union County, Baptist Hospital, Union County. Appreciate you coming on, Heather. Thanks right. a lot. Thanks so much. We're stepping aside for a break right now. It's time for Fox News, Super Talk News. That's because it's top of the hour. We're coming back with Bill Maddox, Director of New Albany Light, Gas, and Water, and Steve McGrath, CEO of ACE, going to talk about broadband. Stay with us. And now, the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like to listen to. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's midday. Super Talk Mississippi live today from New Albany, Mississippi, on the Tanglefoot Trail for the Tallahatchie River Festival getting underway this coming weekend. And we welcome to the program now in Hour 3, Bill Maddox, Director of New Albany Light, Gas, and Water, and Sean McGrath, CEO of Alcorn County EPA. And, uh, gentlemen, welcome to the program. Wanted to have you on to talk about the efforts to get... uh, high-speed internet deployed across uh, Union County. Give us an update. Great. Yeah. Th- thanks, Gerard. Appreciate you having us on today. Uh, excited to be here and excited about the project. Yeah. Uh, I think it was about a year ago today uh, the project was announced on your show. I, I remember. Yeah. 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 So we have, we've come a long way in a year. <laughs> uh, I was, we, we've got our agreement signed with ACE. Uh, all of our, our lease arrangements are worked out there. Uh, we're in the design process. We've done a, you're familiar with these kind of projects. It's a two-step design. Uh, high level is complete. Our low level design is over halfway done. Okay. We've got a big material order already placed and on the way. Uh, getting ready to advertise for a construction contractor. So then our, you know, next step, hopefully by the end of this year, very early in 24, we'll start, uh, hanging fiber on the poles. So is most of it, uh, uh Sean going to be, uh, aerial? Installation, combination of aerial and underground? Yeah. yeah, we follow power. So if it's underground, we'll go underground and okay. bury, bury the fiber. We've done that a lot in Corinth. Um, there's not as much underground construction required in New Albany. Um, so most of it is is aerial. Um, okay. It's, it's uh, ADSS, which, um, you know, basically we can get up in the power space if we need to. It's, it's non-conductive. Is your team actually deploying the fiber physically, or, or are you subcontracting that to nope. others? Yeah, Bill's team at, at New Albany Lock, okay. and Water will be responsible okay, for hanging mainline fiber. We'll actually hang service drops. Okay. Uh, that's kind of the, the agreement that we've got in place. I see. That makes total sense. And then you've got uh, somewhere in there you've got the electronics that all this stuff terminates to. Where, where will that be located? Yeah, yeah, Gerard. You know, we have kind of a unique agreement with Ace Power. I think it's the only one like this in the state. We're the only municipal that's teamed up with 
with the co-op to, okay. to bring broadband across um, an entire service territory such as ours. Uh, so we've, we've got four areas that we've, we've divi- divided our service territory into them. And we'll have the, the huts, that's the Internet substation. They, they will actually be at our substation. Okay. There will be four points. Uh, you know where the where the internet will originate, uh, and that that's something that ACE will take care of the, in, the inside the electronic part of the hut. Okay, and then your team will will manage that infrastructure as well. Yes, that's our, that's yeah, design? our network engineering team will be okay. responsible for all that. Because as you well know, and something I know a little bit about, that's a seven twenty four three sixty five deal. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> I, I used to say it's kind of like dial tone. When you pick that phone up, you want to just hear the dial tone, and you know when you get on those devices, you want to make sure you're connected to the internet and. Anything less than that, honestly, um, it causes people to get a little upset, shall we say. So uptime and reliability is, is of utmost importance. I think that's what we've strived for. Uh, we've, we've So far, we're currently at about 99.999% reliability. And, you know, there's times that you have to be down for network upgrades and things like that. That's right. And that's, you know, so far that's uh, that's been our only downtime, you know, significant downtime. Schedule maintenance for the most we, part. And we try to schedule maintenance for late in the night. You know, our yeah. network engineering team's working midnight to 5 a.m., you know, most of the time. But we try to minimize that. Yeah. And, and for, uh, I guess, the, the non-IT and non-industry people out there, the 99999 that Sean said, that's the vaunted five nines of reliability that we strive for in the industry means that point oh 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 one percent of the time we uh kind of allow to be an acceptable downtime we really want a hundred percent but uh the the five nines is really what we strive for that's that's absolutely correct it's an industry standard it's hard to achieve um but we've been able to achieve that so far in our network in corinth and we're hoping to basically copy that um, that blueprint and bring it down to New Albany with us. And that means you have uh, um, inserted a great deal of resiliency into the design because you don't want any single points of failure. And I'm, getting, I'm talking shop a little bit now, but behind the scenes to the to the you know the the user subscriber who honestly doesn't care about all this, and we don't want them to care about all of it. But you, you want them to know that uh, you've taken great care to uh, design the network in accordance with those standards to achieve that five nights. Well, the, the nuts and bolts of it is you've got to get uh, Internet back to NFL cities somehow. That's right. And you can't just have one leg go into Atlanta. You've got to have multiple legs, and we do. We've got you know legs that go to uh, circuits that go to Chicago, Atlanta, Dallas, um, looking at Ashburn, Ashburn Virginia, and yep. uh, some other big, big uh, points of presence facilities that we can get into and, and data centers that we can tap into because ultimately that creates faster networks for no us. No doubt. Absolutely. To- totally get it. That's all part of just a resilient configuration and and uh, just ensuring no single points of failure. And um, uh, as you said, performance is a big part of, of that as well. And as is, as you know, in the design, what we call geographic diversity so that you have multiple pops that are not necessarily close to each other because if Absolutely. one of them has some sort of God forbid, catastrophic event, and it takes them down. You still got the other one to rely on to continue service. Um, so, Bill, how far are we? Have we got some folks lit up yet? Where are we on that? No, so no, no one is lit as of yet. Okay. So we're hoping at the end of this year to start hanging uh, the fiber, the backbone fiber. Okay. So we, we will have crews that actually install the, the fiber 
across our, uh, you know, to match our electric grid more or less. Okay. As we bring the, uh, as, as we install the fiber on the poles, uh, the huts will be lit. Ace will be doing that kind of in parallel. Okay. And then I'll let, let Sean elaborate, but once we get to a certain point in our installation, they'll be able to light parts of that fiber. We won't have to get all the way. It won't be the end of the year before we start installing customers. Again, that, that will be something Ace does. But uh, we'll, we'll get to a point pretty early in construction, and Ace will be able to start uh, hooking customers up. So just to clarify, Sean, ACE will actually be doing the provisioning, the installation at the service address? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So with the equipment that a consumer needs, for example, and their connectivity and getting uh, that what we call that last mile uh, uh, connection from the base, the root fiber, uh, the backbone fiber to the physical address, the home, the business, et cetera. Your organization does that? On a, on a distribution level, yes, we're the last mile. Okay. And so gotcha. so we're going to take over at the multi-service terminal that's on the pole that feeds, you know, anywhere gotcha. from four to eight homes. Gotcha. And, uh, and we'll drop the service wire from there. So I'm sure you guys are hearing this from the consumers. They're, they're anxious to get this going. It, have you published a schedule of when uh, folks in, in given areas could expect service to be available? We have uh, posted updates on our Facebook page, and just I get asked about it everywhere I go, George, you know, the grocery store, sure. church, everywhere sure. I go. So <laughs> lots of opportunities on the schedule. We, we really wanted to make sure we had our start time down before we announced that. Uh, again, we, you know, the end of this year is really uh, you know, a, a pretty good date, and we'll, we'll start putting more promotional information out there the closer we get to that. Okay. And this is uh, stuff that is happening for the most part, is it not, uh, across the entire state with the legislation that uh, was passed, what, two years ago, three years ago, yeah. that uh, cleared the way for EPAs to be in this business? Yeah, January 2019, the legislation 19, enabled wow. us. Yeah, it's been been a while now. So it enabled uh, co-ops like us to get in the business, and uh, it's <laughs> it's kind of been warp speed ever since then. But, yeah. uh, but it enabled us to do, to do that, and co-ops like us are – blanketing the state right now yeah with with not just internet but with fiber broadband which is i mean that's significant sure um my estimation is that within five years mississippi becomes if not the most connected state in america one of the most connected well states. that would be a leapfrog accomplishment because we're we're kind of down on the list right now are we not when we started this venture we were number 46 in the country at broadband connectivity yeah. and it's you know it's especially a large challenge for us because we don't really have um our population doesn't live in one or two or three population centers we're very widely dispersed population that means we got lots of rural uh, consumers and, and, and rural addresses to light up that it sort of makes the problem more difficult more challenging but we've got a great complement of epas to handle this it, and i think epas were well suited for that in, in my co-ops territory we have 12 and a half customers per mile uh, which which doesn't bode well for broadband connectivity being profitable for any organization, and that's why the the incumbents have kind of stayed away from those areas, and and uh, we've been successful as co-ops penetrating those areas because yeah. we're not as driven by profits as, as they need to be, and I understand yeah. where they need to be. Traditional carriers, sure. I mean that's absolutely. that's their model. Absolutely, we can play the long game, and and uh, we can you know we can work on a twenty year payback, right? And and that works for us. Makes total sense. How many do we have in state? 24, 25 EPAs. Twenty four EPAs. Okay. In the state, seventeen of which are doing broadband right okay. now, and the others are uh, there's some that are considering it, and I, I think as time goes on, you'll see more. And you think the ones who are considering you're kind of taking a wait-and-see approach, trying to learn and see what your experience is like, those of you that are that are provisioning? I, I think they're taking a wait-and-see approach. There's some funding coming from uh, the federal government, yeah. um, probably 
within the next couple of years. Uh, that's the bead funding yep. um, that will be managed by the, the BEAM office yep. in Mississippi. Sally Doty. And so I think they're waiting to see what kind of happens with that, and um, and then they'll, they'll, I'm sure, get in the business. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're well on your way to getting uh, Union County all connected up here. I think so. Yep. We appreciate you guys coming on. Bill Maddox with New Albany Light, Gas, and Water. It's Sean McGrath, the CEO of Alcorn County EPA. have been our guest talking about getting Union County all set up with high-speed Internet. That's going to be the, a big deal. We're coming right back with more. Keep on social media or call them today at 601-941-5312. I'm John Ravenstein. And I'm Corey Ravenstein. It's true. Some guys walk into Junikers shopping for their diamond, nervous as a cat in a room full of rockers. But that fear goes away mighty quickly when they see how easy it is to shop for their diamond at Juniker Jewelry Company. We are Mississippi's direct diamond importer. With ten times the diamonds you'll see in any other store in the state, every size, shape, and price range. All clearly marked with GIA grading and our best in Mississippi price. You pick exactly the diamond you want, then choose from hundreds of the latest settings and our jewelry artisans marry them into the ring she's always dreamed of we even have interest-free financing for qualified buyers remember you can't buy a better quality diamond at a lower price anywhere in mississippi that's the juniker jewelry company money back diamond guarantee juniker jewelry company from anywhere in mississippi we're at 1485 highland colony parkway just south of 463 in madison and online at junikerjewelry.com Mississippi's direct diamond importer. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for the Handyman Show. Brought to you locally in part by Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions. Protecting your home from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions of Mississippi. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been for aging your home to sell. Our two men in a truck junk removal option is perfect to get the job done. Our professionally trained moving and junk removal teams will load and haul away your unwanted junk for you. Visit twomenandatruck.com to learn more and get a free junk removal quote. That's twomenandatruck.com. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Check it out. Let's do this. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. I got rice cooking in the microwave. Got a three-day beard I don't plan to shave And it's a goofy thing But I just gotta say Hey, I'm doing alright Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade soup Feeling pretty good and that's Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays, live from New Albany, Mississippi. That's where we have uh, transported uh, the Element Well Studio today, downtown New Albany on the Tanglefoot Trail for the Tallahatchie River Festival. Once again, we want to thank the Tallahatchie Gourmet for providing food uh, for the staff and our guests. And I, I uh, took a gander at it there, Rhino. Uh, on the break, and it uh, it looks pretty good. I'm going to have to partake in it when we're done with the show today, but we appreciate, once again, Tallahatchie Gourmet. Joining us now, Keith Conley, alderman at large here in New Albany. So, 
Uh, Keith, New Albany seems like it's got it going on here. We talked to the mayor uh, earlier today, and impressive uh, for sure. Economic development, great school system, great health care. you got high-speed fiber or high-speed Internet, pardon me, uh, being deployed as we speak. Just talk to the folks from Alcorn County and New Albany Power, and Alcorn County EPA and New Albany Power and Light. Nothing but positive stuff going on here. Great things going on in New Albany, Gerard. Really glad to have you guys from Super Talk here today. Uh, I, I tell you, it's a uh, it's an exciting thing to see what's going on in New Albany. I, one of the one of the areas that we had struggled in, maybe not struggled, but we were we we needed housing. We were trying to find residential spots, and what we've had is we've had developers come along and start to create in, in Northside. If you look. As the crow flies from me and you north, that's our north side. That was one of our original residential districts in the city years ago. And we've had people go in there and remodel homes. We've had people go in there and build new homes. And then we have, if you go down the trail here, we've got development down the trail uh, on Central Avenue. So we've got a lot going on there because you guys have talked today on both with Richard this morning and then with you about all the things that we've got going on and the people that are coming to town. Well, when they come to town, you got to have somewhere to put them. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. Well, uh, the thing that uh, I've already mentioned a couple of times, but I think it bears repeating, is when you look at this downtown area, which is certainly bustling today with all the traffic coming through, every one of the shops, every one of the buildings has got a business in it. And that is so you don't see any, any for rent or for sale size or any boarded up. Uh, properties that's impressive that is really impressive that's something that billy jean and and everybody on our board loves to brag about because i travel for a living and i go to some of these smaller towns and you see these empty buildings and you're like man we really have something going on and the thing that really excites you when i asked my wife one time i was like what makes new albany downtown different you think and she said it's the diversity of our shops down there Hmm. so somebody can come down here from out of town or from New Albany, for that matter, park their car, and there's so many different type shops. They can eat lunch, like you were talking about, Tallahatchie mm-hmm. Gourmet, mm-hmm. And, and be in town all day and never have to move their car. That's a good point. And, and a lot of these beautiful structures have, have been here for a while, but they've been maintained, and they've been upgraded and, and renovated and remodeled uh, to house the businesses in them today. And uh, that's impressive to just the continuity in, in keeping the interest and uh, and just the economy alive in an area like that. Is you got to keep maintaining it if you got people willing to do that because they're making money doing it. Well, that's just a, a good benefit. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. People in New Albany are passionate about our downtown. That's something we really like to focus on. Yeah. And, and our people that own these buildings are willing to invest in them. This is a perfect example right here beside us, this Henderson building. This will be, uh, you talked to Moses earlier today, he opened up Nico's. And what Joel is doing with this building here next to us is going to be amazing. It's going to be a game changer for us. So our people in New Albany are willing to invest in our town, and that's what makes it so special. There's no doubt about it. So when, when you look at what uh, creates the quality of life uh, for anybody in America, honestly, and you look at uh, New Albany, which I think uh, possesses all of those elements, you got uh, a thriving economy, people are working, low unemployment rate, you got low crime, got great schools, great health care. 
Uh, it uh, really is a very makes for a very attractive place to, to live, to worship, to raise a family. Oh, there's no doubt. And we're where we are. Loc- location to me is everything. Okay, when when you're on Interstate 20 and I did uh, 22, and I didn't think just making that an interstate would make that big a difference, but it does. Hmm. So we've got the opportunity between 15 and 22. People are here all the time. Hmm. I heard y'all talking about it earlier. People, this weekend's a perfect example. We'll have so many people in town. They see our town. They see how friendly our people are. They see all the things we have to offer. That intrigues them, and they come back. And that's something that really has amazed me is this Tanglefoot Trail has brought more people into this town than I ever dreamed that it would. <laughs> but what it does, it not only brings them one time, it brings them back again. That's incredible. And so when they come back, they spend money, and that's uh, why the shops are open. There they're you occupying go. all the buildings. That's just a great combination. But it's because they're, they're something to see and, and something that uh, attracts people, which is fantastic. What's the working relationship uh, like um, with the, the mayor and the other members of the Board of Aldermen? Oh, I think it's great. I mean, Tim, obviously, Tim, and I think this is Tim's uh, 20th year. Yeah, as mayor. As mayor. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a really good board. I mean, we've got... uh, We've got some guys that have been on there multiple years. This is my second term. And then we've got two young guys that are new. So I think we have a really good working relationship. I heard you talking to CJ earlier today. I think we have a good working relationship with the supervisors as well. And I think that's important because I think New Albany, there's more to New Albany. It's Union County, okay? Yeah. We everything. Yeah. Everybody in this county contributes to this city, and uh, I think that's why we're so successful. Well, it's hard to move forward when you've got contention between, let's say, city leaders and county leaders. And, and we, we have some examples of that in our state, but that doesn't exist uh, in, in this area. Well, and C.J. talked about it. I mean, we don't always agree on every single sure. thing. And sure. it's good that we don't. Right. I mean, you know, that's one thing about we talk about on our board. If all five of us thought the same way, it would be a really boring board, and we probably <laughs> wouldn't have much. So, uh, yeah, our, our relationship with the county supervisors is good. And they they are doing things, and we're trying to, to help them continue to grow the things that they're doing. We work really well. Three Rivers is a really, really big part of our industry uh, recruitment. So uh, it, takes, it takes everybody to make what we have here in New Albany. Yeah. So what do you see for the future of New Albany? What's kind of your vision, your expectation, things you guys may be working on? Well, I think the thing that I talked a little bit about our development, I think that we have, we have some developers that are really and truly trying to grow our residential area. We've got a project that we approved, Gerard, that's one of our developers called Albany West, and it is a hundred and five-acre project that will be a commercial and residential walkable community. Okay. And if that happens, and I think it will happen, I, I don't know when, but I think it will happen, that will be a big-time game-changer for our city. Wow. Uh, I think we got to continue to recruit. You know, we talk about our unemployment rate. We have a great unemployment rate. Well, when people come to town, where are the workers going to come from? So. Yeah. One thing that I I love to tell the story, my daughter's an example. My daughter works for a company in Memphis, and when COVID hit, she was working there in the office in Memphis. Well, when COVID hit, they sent them home to work remotely. Yeah. Well, more and more people are working remotely now, so let's recruit those remote workers. Sure. We, we Billy Jean talked about this morning about uh, us being a retirement community. So we're recruiting 
those type people, young and old. And when we recruit them, we've got to have things for them to do, sure. such as this building here, such as Nico's, TJ, uh, uh, TG. So we got to have things like that. And it's, uh, Chase Jeter, our park and rec guy, does a great job of creating things for not just kids anymore. You've got to have a park and rec that creates for the elderly people yeah, as well. That's a good point. Well, this new development you're talking about would be spectacular, and that, and that, that concept seems to be gaining a lot of traction in the country. So you're sort of on the, on the forefront of that. No doubt about it. I loved it when I saw the project come before the board. I mean, the, the guy that I'm specifically talking about does a really good job of thinking outside the box. But uh, that, to me... When it happens, will be it's going to be a great day for New Albany. How long have you been in Alderman, Keith? This is my second term, uh, so this is what my sixth year. Okay, and it's I, I love it. I I have a passion. I got the passion from my mother. My mother was really passionate about New Albany. I spent my career on the road traveling. I worked for a healthcare company for 31 years on the road all the time. So I wasn't as involved as I should have been as a citizen here in New Albany. Since I've been an alderman, it's been fun to watch people that have Betsy Hamilton, you're going to talk to her. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't really have to do what she does for our city. Billy Jean is passionate about her city, so it's it's awesome. I love it. Well, it shines through for sure. No um, the the love of community uh, among everybody that I've certainly met here since we've been doing the remote. But we appreciate you coming on, Keith, and and good luck in the city of New Albany and with the Tallahatchie River Festival. Thank you, bud. Thank y'all for being here. You bet. We're coming right back with more, folks. We're in the Element Well Studio. Don't forget, we thank Tallahatchie Gourmet for the great food today. Betsy Hamilton, Mississippi Department of Archives and History, board member and volunteer extraordinaire, joins us next. Stay with us. Everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. I can do that. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, wooden ships. Uh, if you ever check out the lyrics there, folks, good luck trying to figure out what the heck that's all about. I've read them, and I don't really know what they're saying there. <laughs> but that's kind of kind of common for the time period. We welcome to the program Betsy Hamilton, Mississippi Department of Archives and History board member and volunteer extraordinaire, Beth, is, is how you are described here on the lineup sheet. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, awesome. So we got the uh, the Tallahatchie River Festival uh, coming up, and I know you have uh, a tremendous interest and have been very active in all things history in the state of Mississippi. But you were just t- showing me this... Uh, we'll wait for the truck to pass by here. You showed me <laughs> this conceptual plan, right, for the little Tallahatchie Riverway Parks. Tell us about that. Oh, I am excited to tell you about this because it's going to be awesome. But um, in 2019, uh, we were able to um, 
apply for and and receive a um, a grant from National Park Service for their rivers, trails, uh, conservation assistance program. And what that did was there was no funding for that, but we did uh, receive um, a consultant and landscape designer to walk us through a conceptual plan for developing the Little Tallahatchie River. Uh, We refer to it, as we're doing today, the Tallahatchie River Fest, and so... um, it's actually the Little Tallahatchie River. Oh, okay. Why Little? <laughs> well, those are the maps because it's little here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> but in our latest uh, comprehensive plan, um, the river, because it runs through our city, um, we have no really access to it, no recreational opportunities, and so that was one thing that really came out of, of the comprehensive plan. Okay. And so that's how the National Park Service uh, walked us through and helped us develop a, a, a conceptual plan for uh, activity that could, in fact, um, just do a uh, half of a circle around New Albany from Highway 15 okay. through town, uh, past the interstate, and so that's what we are working on. Okay, so so what all will be included uh, in this park? Well, it's going to be like a riverway, greenway, okay. blueway, water recreation. Uh, it could open up opportunities for kayaking and um, um Whatever those boards are that you get on and just like surfboards sort of stuff. Well, um, I know we can kayak and canoe. Okay. Uh, So water sports. Water water sports have access to it, Uh, and then a lot of history related to it. Last year, our um, leadership class, leadership Mm -hmm. Union County, uh, emerging leaders, young adults, uh, adopted the city's park along the river which is the city our central city park right now which is 35 years old and um, needs a little spiffing up um, new structures they adopted the park along the river as their class project and so that is kind of our main focus because that would be the nucleus because the city already owns that and we need to work with river frontage property owners to um, to get more property. Gotcha. So with that in mind, uh, we are focused on uh, completely renovating the park along the river. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So has this been in the works a while? Uh, this ha- well, since the um, since the National Park Service, we received the plan in uh, 2021. Okay. And so we've been in conversations, you know. But uh, because the leadership class wanted to take this on, then we have we are really beginning to dig in, and uh, we are working on a nature-themed playground that will encompass uh, structures for uh, all ages, uh, all all ages, just abilities, and uh, 
educational, conservation-oriented, uh, getting children into outdoors and informing them or, or introducing them to nature-oriented aspects sure. is, is awesome. Plus sure. the, the recreation, you know. So speaking of history, because right. you're a history person and involved with the well, Department really of Archives. Well, I'm really not. I, you know, I never was a history person until <laughs> I got to New Albany. <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. I mean, we're right in the thick of what is really a whole lot of Mississippi history right here. Yes. Well, uh, we got William Faulkner. We've got William Faulkner. At the museum. Yes, we have the museum. Yeah. Um, That's kind of how I got interested. Okay. I was walking downtown one day, and there was a little cafe. It's called Cotton Street Fountain. Uh, This used to be Cotton Street right here. Okay. Okay. and uh, walked in there, and somebody said, "You're not going to believe who was who was in town today." And I said, "Who?" It said, "There were some Japanese here, and they wondered where Faulkner's birthplace was." Okay. And I said, "Really?" <laughs> That's pretty cool. So that kind of started it. My my interest in it, and then of course New Albany had its um, sesquicentennial, and. Uh, and then we just began to think about all the objects that had been displayed yeah. and what were we going to do with them. Yeah. But not only do we, so that's how the museum started. Okay. But um, not only do we have Faulkner, but, you know, preceding Faulkner, we had a guy named Hernando de Soto. Yeah. We also had uh, Meriwether Lewis, okay. which few people know that um, we have this river that's called the Tallahatchie. Or right. the little Tallahatchie. Gotcha. And um, he crossed it somewhere. Um, we used to have, we, we, we do have a, a boulder and a a, uh, a sign that designates that this is where Hernando de Soto crossed. Okay. Um, we've moved it several times. So <laughs> right now it's at the park along the river. Hmm. But... Um, so, yes, and we are right in the middle of the uh, Chickasaw homeland. Right. So we do have lots of, of um, wonderful, you know, historical tidbits to share. So do you feel like history buffs actually come to New Albany, and, and in particular the, the River Festival, because of the, the history in the area? Well, we also have the um, William Faulkner Literary Fest, right. which and we have... Um, uh, submissions for novels, short stories, yeah, and uh, we've had plays, we've had poems. Okay. Um, so we will award that. We've had applications from all over. Probably yeah. just the the biggest, the most this year. Wow. And um, about a half a dozen or more foreign countries. Huh. So, yes, they will come. Some of them will come to receive their award, and uh, so they'll be in town tomorrow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we, we give those tomorrow. So do you, do you work with the city leaders um, as well, Betsy, in your role? Do you work with uh, the mayor, the aldermen, yes, and the supervisors? Yes, everyone. So I've, yeah. I've, I've, since I've been here, okay. I've worked with, I think, four or five mayors. Okay. Yes. Wow. I, I, I hope we get along beautifully <laughs> because we've been able to accomplish a lot. No, I and um, that's the case. Yes. With the success of certainly of the festival and the, just the overall success of the city and the county itself. 
everybody's an integral role in that. Everybody has, um, you know, really chipped in. We've got a great group of, of wonderful volunteers in this town, and yeah. and and good leaders, and uh, moving forward. Yeah, we've had new branding. And New Albany's always moving. Always moving. Always moving. <laughs> well, you know, you see it. Don't uh, just you? judging from all the vehicles <laughs> yes, we're, up and down the street, I definitely we're agree. always always moving. and the train every now yep. and then too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but uh, this and we're right here on the Tanglefoot Trail, which has tremendous historical significance. Love the Tanglefoot Trail. It was the Chickasaw Trail. Isn't that so cool? Yes. So much of At that sort point. of history in the state of Mississippi. It it, it is kind of. Just intriguing to think about. I mean, where we're placed here, where we're sitting right now, has so much history behind it, and so many of our ancestors and others that came long before us occupied this area. Well, you're actually sitting on old Colonel Faulkner's railroad. Okay, I didn't know that. That's why Faulkner was born in New Albany. I did not know that. Yeah, because his father was the station master at, you see that that white truck up there? That's about where it was. Very cool. (laughs) Thank you for that. I didn't yeah. know that. That's and the uh, Tanglefoot was one of the work engines that helped build the trail. They okay. helped build the railroad. That makes sense. Okay. I'm glad to know that. <laughs> you, you know that kind of stuff. I told you you're a history person. <laughs> Betsy Hamilton with the Mississippi uh, Department right. of Archives and History. And Volunteer Extraordinaire has been our guest here on Middays. Next, after the break, Joel Bennett, developer of downtown New Albany. They talk about a new project going on. Stay with it. It's extraordinary. Extraordinary. Stay with us. (laughs) It's so awesome. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on. Let's get on with the show. On Super Talk Mississippi. Middays live from New Albany, Mississippi for the Tallahatchie River Festival. And joining us now is Joel Bennett, a developer of downtown New Albany. Miss Mary, uh, pardon me, Betsy Hamilton says you're a developer extraordinaire there, Joel. I don't know about extraordinary, but uh, just a developer. <laughs> she was well, being nice. Oh, no. So I, I know you have uh, been passionate about uh, economic development here personally. And made some personal investments here in uh, New Albany. Feel really good about uh, parking money in the city here and, and the, the opportunities there. Tell us what you got going on lately. Well, we just bought a building about a year ago, and it's right at the head of the trail. And we're going to have some uh, in the basement. We're going to have two things in the basement. We will have a spa. Okay. And then on the other side, we will have a speakeasy. What's that? The speakeasy is uh, was taken off of back in Prohibition when you couldn't have any liquor. We can finally have a little liquor. <laughs> and you go down into the basement, but to get there, you have to have pass a little code, and you have to know the code number. Okay. And then this building a long time ago was uh, Nita's Beauty College. Okay. So we're going to call our... Speakeasy, Nita's Beauty College, and Speakeasy. Okay. <laughs> so preserving, a, preserving the deal. a little history there and maybe even reviving it. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 Gerard, the nicest thing happened about, oh, about three or four months ago is this lady came in, and she is over 90, and I wasn't here, but one of my guys was here, and he gave her a tour of the building, and when they got down in the basement, here was her sign sitting there. 
It's about four feet tall, about ten feet long. It says Nita's Beauty College. <laughs> and she says, oh, my goodness, that's my sign. And he says, who are you? And she says, well, my name is Nita. Oh, and she's darn. 91 years old. Gosh. And she said, are y'all going to use my sign? And Gary said, yeah. And he explained to her what we're going to do. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, big tears just filled her eyes, and she was so happy. So that was one of the coolest things happened so far is Miss Nita to come in, see her sign, know where we're going to put it, she was tickled to death. That's very so. Cool. That was fun. Right. So we'll have uh, we'll have the speakeasy on one side in the basement, okay. and the spa on the other side, a basement. Then above that, on the main floor, we're going to have a restaurant, and the restaurant is fashioned after a friend's of mine's restaurant in Las Vegas. Okay, and it's called Lola's L O L A S. You can look on the internet, and you'll see our menu. And all I want to do is do the exact same food she does in Las Vegas because if we can match her food, we're going to hit a home run. So how do you go about replicating that? We send two cooks out there for a couple of months, work with her in her kitchen, and then she's coming down here for a month when we open. Okay. And when we when we get it right, my food will taste exactly precisely like her food. We're not trying to reinvent anything or make something off the cuff. We just want to duplicate what we know is successful. Oh, that's pretty And cool. her restaurant is successful. Yeah, that's pretty neat. The other thing about her restaurant is she was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. And that made her business go through the roof about 10 years ago when she was on it. Okay. So we can be a diners, drive-ins, and dives. Those are called DDD. We can be a diners, drive-ins, and dives affiliate. So when someone goes down Interstate 22 and they're going 80 miles an hour and they punch in their phone, closest DDD restaurant, and people do it all over, it'll come up New Albany, Mississippi. And what we want to do is get all those people that pass New Albany every day, never think about stopping. We want them to come in, have dinner, see what we're building, see our downtown, see the the draw. Uh, We just want to, we think, we hope this will make downtown. Next step up. Yeah, and and uh, Joel, you're committed to downtown. Well, uh, we we already own a building down yeah, the street. It's got uh, five businesses on the first floor. Okay, it's got six condos, apartments on the second floor. This going this going to sound boastful, but I'm just going to be boastful for sure, a second, please. So we have eleven chances to rent something in that building. That building has been 100% occupied for nine years except for three days. That's incredible. You can't do that in New York City. Oh, no, that's incredible. So we're so Very lucky and so fortunate, Gerard, because we always have a waiting list. That is incredible. And and what we want to do is just take another building downtown and make it as successful. It's called Hamilton Place. Okay. And we just want to make that as successful as, as that building is, and it, we will get people coming to New Albany. Well, I was going to say, if you've got a waiting list, it sounds to me like we need we do. some more supply. <laughs> we might we do got it. demand exceeding supply. Yeah, we might do it. Okay. The, the other thing that we're so tickled about is everybody knows that Oxford, Mississippi has the square. Right. Okay. The gentleman across the street from me is building a restaurant. He's He just opened. It's called Nico's. Okay. And what he and I tease about is when he gets his open, when I get mine open, okay, Oxford has a square, but New Albany has the corner. Okay. I like that. And we want this corner to be a draw. The, the, the main thing is, how many years do we all drive from here down to Tupelo to eat lunch or yeah. dinner? Yeah. How many times do we go to Oxford, Mississippi to eat dinner? Okay. Wow. How many times do we go to the rendezvous in Memphis to eat ribs? Right. Why don't people in Tupelo come over here and eat with us Makes instead of, you know? Sense. It just... Uh, 
I mean, it's no further for them than it was for us all these Sounds years. Sounds like you're well on your way mm-hmm. to achieving that distinction. Joel, thanks for coming on, and congratulations on all your success, and thank you for investing in New Albany, Mississippi. Thank Appreciate you for having it. me, yeah. and just, I just invite, every, invite everybody down here. We are out of here today, folks, out of time, back in the studio on Friday. I'm off tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, and God bless everyone. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.